I have the privilege of preaching this morning, giving the word. <laughs> so I am just honored to do that this morning for you all. The Lord's definitely put something on my heart for you all this morning. So very foundational. You think very easy, okay? Um, actually, you can't be a follower of Jesus without this. All right? So if any of you here, like, have never committed your life to the Lord, you will have an opportunity to do so later. Um, but this, this, uh, this message today, it's, it's impossible, actually, to, to do this, to follow Jesus and give him your all without this one component. There's actually two of them, but we're going we're gonna to talk about two, but I'm going to start with one. <laughs> it's foundational. It's more important than any gift of the Spirit. It's more important than acts of service, anything that you do. It's more important than praying. Like, wow, really? Um, it's more important than being persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It's more important than that. It's more important than faith. Whoa, Lisa, really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want you to tell somebody, your neighbor, someone next to you, that this message is for me. This message is not for you. All right. And we believe that in Jesus' name. Okay. And also, this is not like a suck it up buttercup message. Okay. I'm sorry. I hope I can say that in church, but it's all right. My husband will forgive me. Okay. So it's not, it's not that either. Okay. So very foundational. Let's show 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Should have that up there. And it's really interesting. I was talking to my husband on the phone this week, and the Lord was really showing me something. And um, as I was telling him, he was like, well, at least I don't know if I really see that. I don't really know if I agree. So we're kind of going back on some verses. And it was so easy for me to say, oh, okay, you're right. I'll just change everything. But I kept saying, but you know, you forgot about this, and you forgot about this. And then he read this verse to me again, and we both went, that's it, that's it. And we were really excited about what the Lord has shown us this morning. So first of all, the first thing I'm going to be talking about is what? Have you guessed yet? Love. Yeah, that's right. Foundational, right? Foundational. Right before I get to this verse, first of all, we know that first that we were the receivers of love, right? For God so loved the world, right? We're a part of that group. Um, we love because he first loved us, right? It says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So the foundational, of course, he loved us first. Okay. So we're going to kind of go through this slowly. Verse 1, it says, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels. All right. So when I think, you know, the tongues of men and angels... How many of you guys know people who can just, like, they can talk a dog out of a bone? Like, when they say things, everything's lovely and beautiful, and you're like, oh, that sounds so wonderful. I'll follow you anywhere. Have you, you – anybody else know someone like that? Okay. You're not – It's seriously, have you? Am I the only person? Okay. My husband, like, has a speech. I will say an idea, and I will stumble and butcher it. Like, sometimes my speech is like a hacksaw, like, yank, 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 you know, just hacking away at something. 
And he's like, well, you know, it's like this. And he'll start talking. And I'm like, man, that's just not fair, God. You know, (laughs) that's just not fair. Or somebody, have you ever been in a prayer meeting and someone's praying and they're saying the right words and it just sounds so lovely and it's just flowing and you're like, oh, that's just the right words. And then you step out and speak and it's like, uh, you're like grunting noises, you know, God, thank you. Oh man, what am I doing? You know, it just is like really hard. Okay. So I love this. So there's obviously if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, Maybe you're having the gifting of the holy, you know, speaking in tongues and you can speak like an angel and you have all those wonderful things flowing through you and you can even be up here and go, oh, I can't even, I can't even pretend to do it. That's how bad it is. Okay. Can't even pretend. So it says, but if I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Wow. That's kind of an insult. Like if you take pride, like, yes, I can, I can make everything sound pretty and and it's also your noisy gong or cymbal. It's like, ouch, really? Really? So without love, right? Okay. Next one, it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge. Now, this is, I love this. A lot of this I like. I, I think it's really funny. It's like, okay, Lord, do you have like a little bit of sarcasm in here? You know, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all things and all mysteries, if I know everything, you know, I just think that's fun. No one knows everything. I just want to tell you, okay? Even prophets get it wrong, just so you know, okay? But anyways, so really it's talking about the gift of prophecy and knowing all things, all mysteries, all knowledge. Um, and then it says, if I have all faith. Well, we know without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? We've been speaking the last couple of weeks on faith. So even if we could go heal everyone we saw, right? We could move mountains. We could rearrange the United States because of our faith. What does it say? If we don't have love, what? I am nothing. It doesn't say you can't do it. It doesn't say you're not going to be able to operate in that. It just says you're nothing. It says, verse 3, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I give everything, I'm going to go sell my house. I've heard people who think it is so holy to own nothing and live as poor as you can. They'll, like, sell everything and live, like, just on nothing. You know, they'll, like, no, I'm not allowed to have anything, so I'm not going to have this furniture. And they feel that's their righteousness and their, that's their sacrifice to God. Okay, but it says... If I sell all my possessions to feed the poor, which the poor is God's heart. You know that? That's like God's, don't mess the poor. Okay. And it says, and if I surrender my body to be burned, like the ultimate sacrifice, right? Being burned because of Jesus. Can you imagine doing that? Like really surrendering your body and something happens, and like you're going to be burned because, yes, because of Jesus. Well, it says if you don't have love, if you're not doing it out of love, it profits you nothing. Wow, that really stuck out to me. And I'm going to jump real quick. I'm going to come back up and explain something or explain something, okay? Let's go to John 15, 9 through 20.
Okay. I think it's just fair that I don't start without, you know, back there. It says, just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. This is Jesus talking, okay? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. I'm going to pause there for a second. That you love one another just as I have loved you. Let me point out that when he loved us, we did not deserve it. That he loved us in our mess. He loved us in our sin. Right? Like there is nothing about us that made him say, oh, I'm going to love you. You're beautiful. I'm going to love you. There is nothing in us that made him love us. But yet he chose us. And then he tells us here, it says, you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, I don't know if you all feel the weight of that. You know, we love to love people who look like us and act like us. Like, that's easy, isn't it? Like, I love, I'm going to pick on Leah because she's in front of me, and that's her fault, so it's okay. And she loves me for that. Okay, so like, I love Leah because she likes me. She thinks like me. Like, we have the same likes. We like the same scents at Bath and Body Wash, you know. We like the same candles. We like the same, oh, I love Leah. See, I can love Leah. She's just like me. But has God called us to like people just like us? Did God say, go, you know, as just as I have loved you, go love one another, right? It says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. So it's going to cost you something. It doesn't really cost me anything to love Leah. I mean, I do love her, but really, what's it costing me? Y'all see, is that making some sense? And understanding, this is stuff that I have been walking through and learning about for years, and I'm not there yet. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It costs you something to love. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. We just talked about that. But I chose you and I and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the father in my name, he may give you. Now, it says you would go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain. Well, if you logically think, what fruit is that? It says, whatever you ask of the father in my name, he may give you. And you think, oh, that's the fruit. That you ask whatever God wants and he gives it to you. Well, we just read up here in Corinthians that if we do all this stuff and we don't have love, it's what? Nothing. So what is the fruit? Let's look at that last verse. This I command to you, that you love one another. Brothers and sisters, I say the fruit is not what happens, but it's your love for one another. That is what he's looking at. We can prophesy and someone could totally get blessed. That's not the fruit. 
I could pray and you could get healed and be greatly rejoicing the Lord, but that's not the fruit he's talking about us. What is the love in your heart? That is what he's saying. What is the love? See, all the other stuff is all buddy, buddy, foo-foo. It's awesome, but he wants to know where the love is. And that's not something that we can do in the natural, brothers and sisters. That's where you had the supernatural. That's when knowing Jesus comes into action. Like, God, I fall short. I don't have it. It's easy to love Leah, but it's hard to love somebody else. And you can put the blank in. Well, he doesn't care about the Leah. He care, he's put his finger on the someone else. And what all that looks like. I hope you're hearing this. <laughs> it costs you something. It's not for free. Well, it was, you know, I mean, just think he was a prime example. I really believe that we're coming to a time and a season when we're going to have to really not just know this, but this is going to have to become life. You know, I guess one thing to have it up here and it looks really pretty up here, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. I don't know what y'all are like, but I'm just, I have really great imaginations of what things should look like. Oh, well, this is what it looks like to be married and to love my husband. <laughs> it means that he comes home and I have all these things wonderful, you know, welcome and this nice meal. Husband, welcome home. Please sit. I would love to serve you. Oh, I will gladly wash your socks, even though I'd rather go to the dentist than do that, but I would gladly do that. This is what it looks like. But I really believe we're coming to a time and a season that we're really going to have to know this. We're really going to have to be walking in this. And let me give you a hint. If you don't have people in your life, this could be really easy. If I don't know anybody, I can, like, succeed and be 100% successful. Yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately, we can't love without the people in our life. If we don't have anyone in our life that is hard to love, we're missing the mark. All right? So, and we all know and have heard about, oh, like, end times, things are going to get hard, things are going to get bad. I'm not going to mark on that because I think we blow that way out of proportion. But um, I love what CJ says. If you really want to get into the end times and really want to know how to prepare, it says so in 1 Peter 4, 7 through 9. Did I give you all that verse? Did I put that up there? Yeah? Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. It says, um, the end of all things is near. And... You know, like back then, he says, the end of all things are near. How much closer do you think they're near now? Okay, yeah, near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Okay, it tells us, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. So it talks about how to prepare. Be fervent in prayer. It says, keep on the love and be hospitable. 
How can we do these things if we can't walk in them right now? Like, really, right now is easy. It's easy to love right now. You know, when you're, and and I know not everyone here is married, but just pretend for a second, okay? You've heard, like, the honeymoon phase, the first year you're married, everything is really nice, you know, like, oh, it's so easy to love this person, they're wonderful. Then after that, it dies away, right? Well, it's kind of the same thing in relationships. (laughs) It's really easy to love someone when you're just meeting them and you're excited and, yeah, this is great. You know, people come in this church, oh, we love this church. This church is awesome. High five. You know, they're just all excited. Well, then the honeymoon's over. And then they get called to another church. Love that. Love that. You know, love is such a distant word. We use it for lots of things, right? And even thinking about agape love, which is the whole, whole love, brotherly love, intimate love, friendship love, everything about it. It's like, it's up here, but it doesn't register out here. You know, it's kind of hard. You know, you think, oh yeah, I really love her. I really love these people. And then all of a sudden, real life happens. Somebody offends you. That's the first thing that's going to happen. You're going to get mad. Someone said the wrong thing. Someone's kid pushed your kid. I mean, something's going to happen. If you are in family, something happens. Okay? It does in my family. i got to tell you this story. Real funny. Well, you know, okay. So, what was it? Friday, I picked my children up from school. And we went to Aldi to get some things. And they were tired. They were like, dog tired. Life is not fun. Please put me out of my misery. Let's just go home. And I had to drag them around a couple of places. I had to get my glasses fixed. And so, come in with me. Oh, do we have to? This is so hard, Mom. I don't want to. I know. I, I know your kids don't do this, but mine do, okay? I understand. I haven't learned how to have the perfect scenario yet. Okay, someday. Anyways, you know, you're coming in. Okay. So then we have to go by Aldi. Have to go get some milk because we're out of milk. And it's just not fun without milk sometimes. So stopped at Aldi. And one of them said, can we please stay in the van, Mom? Can we please? And I said, they're old enough to do so. And I said, sure. You guys stay in here. And we have a little top that comes up, you know, and I put it up. I said, you guys stay here. Be nice. Don't fuss with anything. I'll be right back. And, of course, they weren't very happy about that. One of them wasn't happy about that decision, and the other one was greatly rejoicing in the Lord. You know, you have that with kids, right? So I go into Aldi, and I lock the door, get out. I lock the door. I go into Aldi, get my milk. I think, oh, I'm going to hurry. This is great. Well, I come out of Aldi, and I didn't grab a, a sack. If you haven't been there, you have to bag your own groceries. So I have two gallons of milk, and I have apples. And I'm kind of doing this thing, you know, like that. And as I'm coming through the doors, I hear this loud noise. Like, wow, someone pushed the panic button. Wow. Going out, and I'm getting out. I'm like, that's not my van. No. So I keep going. I'm like, and Julia's in the front looking at me. And I'm like, you didn't do that, did you? And I'm like, is that my van? I'm going, oh, Lord, that's my van. Okay. That's my van. And it's busy. It's like hard to find a parking parking spot busy. And so 
I'm like, okay. So I go up to the van and I'm like, unlock the door. She's like, okay, the doors wouldn't unlock. And I'm like, oh man. So, okay. So I put my milk and everything down on the pavement, crunk, you know, floor, you know, parking lot, unlock the door, open it. And it stops beeping. I'm like, oh, so I knew like there's going to be a story when I got in, you know, I should have just closed the door and went back inside. <laughs> Someone call 911. Someone's kids are in trouble. <laughs> just kidding. So I get in and I'm like, so what happened? You know, what's going on? And I don't believe like at yelling at my kids. That was an accident. So I wasn't like, don't you embarrass me. You know, no, I'm not. It's just like, okay, what, what happened? So, well, I don't know. I was going to crack my door open and pour this drink out. And when I pulled on the handle, um, the door wouldn't open. It just went off. It started beeping. And I'm like, okay. All right. Well, that wasn't really the real issue. That was one thing that happened. There was a big argument. Something happened. Somebody kicked somebody else's seat because they were looking at them funny. See, I, I do have real children. I really do. And somebody, you know, because somebody was already mad in the first place. So we just had this big thing. So I'm like, okay, no. So we start talking and they're just getting mad and angrier and angrier, and, you know, and, and I'm hungry. Did you get me any snacks? And I said, yes, but I'm not giving them to you. <laughs> cause I had put some little gummy snacks in there cause I knew they were like famished and their dad calls and they're talking to him and I'm driving. And this time I'm, I'm not, I said, I'm not upset at you guys for the alarm going off. It's for da, 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 da. Okay. And so I'm driving down the road and we're, you know, like, I'm just frustrated. And they're talking to their dad. And uh, so as I'm going, the Holy Spirit's like, why don't you give them their, snack, their snacks? Like, no, because they don't deserve it, you know? <laughs> Not going to give them their snacks. And I keep driving. I know you guys don't do this. I know, okay? I know it's just me. Just pray for me later, okay? <laughs> I'm driving down the road, and he's like, do you really think that by punishing them this way, that's going to change their heart? Oh. Wow. You know, it wasn't going to help them feel better. It's just going to help me. (laughs) So I was like, yes, because we definitely need a heart change and and fast. So I I pulled their snacks out and gave them to them. (gasps) Thanks, Mom. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just like. It's, it's coming. It's slow, you know. And of course, it's awesome because when we got home, I mean, we had changed attitudes. You know, we sat down, we worked it out. Everything that happened, everything got worked out and everything was fine. But the thing is, is so many times, and we do this with people, don't we? That when they upset us and make them mad, we want to punish them and we want to hold something that they need. It happens all the time. I'm mad at you. You don't deserve this part of me. So you stay over here. And I'm fine. And I feel good about, better about myself because I can put you over here. That was a good story. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really hard to love when no one returns it. Isn't it? Yeah. It's really hard to go and be kind, be patient. The other part of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 down, 
You guys can go read that. There are so many love verses. I'm not going to cover them, but I challenge you to go look them up. Because if this is your only meat that you're getting here, then, you know, that's just not going to be a good thing. You're not going to get the whole meal, you know. So go home and, and look up the word. Get in there. <clears throat> but it talks about love is patient, love is kind. That would be a good idea. Maybe just even turn there. Hold on. Let me get my Bible. First Corinthians 13. Yes, I'm sorry. I, this is my Bible. I haven't arrived yet to the real thing. That was a joke. First Corinthians 13, probably starting with verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love doesn't brag. It is not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account of a wrong suffered. Ouch. I think we talked about that one, right? It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. So it's really hard to walk in love when someone's not returning it. And it's easy to get burnt out really quickly. Has anyone else experienced that? Like love, I'm, God, I'm done loving. Okay, my love tank is empty. Okay. It says in Luke 6.32, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. So what happens? What, what do we do when we're done? Okay, Lord, I can't love. I don't know how to love. This is where the, the, the true rubber meets the road is. We go to our Father. I can't go to you or you or you to get love. If I'm dependent upon people to receiving love, me, like me, like I, I have to have Holly love me so I can show love to Leah, okay? You understand I'm saying in this? I have to know how to go to my father, to go to the word, to go into worship, and totally receive from him. Because what's going to happen is all the time when I feel lonely and down and depressed, I just need people. The only person who can fill that spot in your heart is the Lord. And it's the time when you cry, when you get in your knees, when you get alone, and you just cry out to the Lord. God, I just need you. I, I, I'm hungry for more of you. Teach me how to love. You get in his word. You know what his word says that that's really like, you know, the word of God's not like the book of Moby Dick. You know, it's not like a good novel. Okay. It's life. It really feeds you spiritually. It's nourishment to your bones. It's health to your whole being. 
And the only way, and as much and as easy sometimes as it is to surpass that and run away and go, no, I just need people. I need counselors. I need the prayer ministry team. I need, and you know, you need everything else, but where you're really going to be getting love from. Everything else are kind of like falsies. Okay, let's go back. Everything else is false. They're not real. Okay, we okay? Okay. We can't depend on anybody else, anything else. Now, of course, I love it. When someone shows me love, the Lord ministers and flows through that. I get it. I know. We need people. I'm not saying we don't need people. I'm saying if I am codependent on people to get the love of God, if they are my source, I've missed it. We have to know to go, we have to know how to get to the Father. One thing I love about worship is I can pour it all out. I can pour it all out. I can love the Lord. And as I'm pouring it all out, you know what he does? He fills me up. He fills me up and reminds me of who I am. And he reminds me that he has won it all. Like he has won the victory. (laughs) He's like, Lisa, I got this. You know, I ask for wisdom. It says, those who ask for wisdom, let them ask and you will receive. Now, next week, we're going to be going deeper into this about loving one another, like the, the practical ins and outs of it, okay? So I don't want to get too much into that. But we have got to go to the Father. Just like the moon reflects the sun so it can shine. So we need to go to the sun so we can shine his love. We have to soak him in before we can reflect him. Okay, so I'm just going to read this one verse. You don't have to put this up. In 1 Peter 1, 3, it says, His divine power has granted to us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. It's like he's given us everything. Okay, now I'm going to be talking about the second part that we need. And it's like love. It's like so connected, you really can't function in one without the other. They're inseparable. It is really impossible to walk in love without this element. Aside from salvation, aside from the Father, you have to have salvation. You have to know Jesus as well to be able to flow in this. Okay, let's put up um, Ephesians 4.32. Do I have that one? Did I give it to you? Okay, I'm just going to start reading it, and hopefully it will pop up. It says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as 
God in Christ has forgiven you. So what's the second element that we have to have? We have to have forgiveness. I'm going to run through some verses here. And like, just like love, forgiveness is all through here. All through here. Is it up there? No? Okay. Okay. It even says, just so basic how, how foundational forgiveness is, even in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 12, it, it, as the model, it says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive people who have done us wrong as we forgive us as we sin, as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. So it's like in the Lord's, that's like the daily thing you pray, right? Jesus went to the disciples and said, Lord, how do we pray? He said, pray this way. Because he knew we were going to need some forgiveness. He knew we were going to need it. Right. Matthew six fourteen and 15 says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive your transgressions. There's just, it's just kind of heavy. You know what I mean? And it's really inseparable. Like if you really want to love someone, you're really going to have to learn how to forgive them. You can't really walk in love to someone if you're not forgiving them. And if you don't forgive them the same way, you're not really walking in love. You know? On the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they, they know not what they do. Even offering forgiveness to mankind as he's hanging on the cross. The cross is an act of love and forgiveness, wasn't it? First John 4, 19 and 20, it says, we love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, well, what hate? A forgiveness. If I can't forgive my brother. It says he is a liar and the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has. Who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And understand, I'm not talking about um, working through forgiveness and actually coming to the end result of forgiveness. Because sometimes this forgiveness thing is a process. Okay, so like, let's say Leah, because she won't get mad at me. Let's say she does something really horrible. Okay, and let's say she makes one of my horses sick. That's a horrible thing to do, Leah. Okay, (laughs) something bad. Just pretend like if she could do that, something very hurtful. Okay, and and it was something that really, and you can think in your own lives. You all should have things in your own lives that you're like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe this girl did that to me, you know, or this guy, whatever. And sometimes it's just a process. You keep laying it down. You keep laying it down. You keep laying it down. Got to keep laying it down. And see, when we are working on that, that is the act of forgiveness. It's not like, bam, you're there. I can forgive everybody. You can forgive everybody. But like, you know that instantly? You know what I'm talking about? But we have to... And it has absolutely nothing to do with how we feel. Let me just say that too. It's an, forgiveness is an act of our will. It's not an emotion that we feel like doing. Um, <laughs> I can share this. This happened many years ago. 
with one of my sons, and no one is even involved in our church who has participated in this, okay? So just, okay. So I'll be clear on that. When one of my sons was, I think, six or seven, um, my husband and I went out on a kind of a date, yeah. And so this young lady who had just watched our kids many times had come over and, um, actually, I think he was eight. Anyways, had come over to our house to watch him. Well, we get a telephone call. We're almost done anyways. And we say, oh, we're having really a really hard time with this son. And he left the house. Okay. So CJ and I go, are going home. And we live four miles down Yost Road, if you know where that's at. And then we live a mile um, north off Prairie Road. Okay, so we're coming down Yost Road, and here's our son walking alongside the road. Yeah, he made it about three miles away from our house. So, okay, we get, you know, come on in. What's going on? And he's a wreck. He's just like... This person, so blah, blah, blah. And I, I was going to come find you guys. <laughs> Darling, where were we? I don't know, but Stillwater isn't that big. You know, <laughs> he's eight years old. <laughs> Honey, no, that really wasn't a good plan to leave the house. So we, we walk, work through this a little bit. We get to the house. What happened? I don't know. He got angry and he left. And he da 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 did this, that, and the other, and he was gone. And so, okay, so we took the sitter home, and we started talking about actually what happened. And it seemed like there's some provoking going on <laughs> from the sitter. Um, okay, a lot of provoking going on. And my son had had it, and he was leaving the house. So I thought it was a really big deal. So next. I think it was we saw I saw the mom later and this is just what my immaturity <laughs> did to me she said oh and my daughter doesn't want us to talk about what happened at the house okay Lisa first rank red flag ding ding okay but I'm like oh yeah because she's embarrassed because she feels bad or whatever anyways processing that out yeah uh, she did some really rotten horrible things to him <laughs> Okay, and as a result, I mean, nothing physically outside, but just like not nice. And he's he's off. He's out of there. So how many of you think we had to walk through some forgiveness? And it wasn't like the next day. Now, I can tell you, I forgave her in my whole heart. I released her. And not only that, but I pursued her in love. But she never babysat my kids again. And I didn't do that as a punishment, but as a protection for my kids. Okay? And like I said, we will go into this a lot deeper next week about those boundaries. I can tell you one thing. Without moving forward in relationships, which God has called us to, we have to learn how to forgive one another. And that doesn't mean every time somebody offends you, you put up a boundary and say, Oh, I love you, but you're going to stay over here. Sometimes that means I love you. I'm going to draw close to you. Like there's commitments. I have a people who are close to me. I'm like, you know, there is nothing. You're going to have to work pretty hard to get me offended at you. 
because I'm not letting anything get in between our relationship. Nice try, honey. It's not working. Hello? Okay. So, so we pursue one another. We have this pursuit where we're going after one another in love. And there's times when things come up and we say, you know, I choose to love you. I choose to come in close to you. I choose to pursue you. This isn't a scary thing for me. But we can't do it without forgiving one another. It says that we will be known in John 13, 35. It says, they will know you are my disciples by the love we have one another. You know, I think it would just be just as powerful and true if we said, they will know you are my disciples by the forgiveness we have for one another. Yes? Sometimes it's easy to love because we can separate like, no, 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 I love you. Yeah, I love you. But they will know that we're our disciples by the forgiveness we have one another. When they see there's problems in this house, but we're still pursuing one another in love, that speaks powerfully. You don't have that type of forgiveness in the world. It's like, you did this to me, and I'm going to do this to you. You want to play that game, honey? Let's play that game. Right? You hurt me, and I'm going to punish you by staying away from you because my feelings got hurt. It says... Let me back up a second. There is suffering for living righteously. <laughs> I'll say that. It costs something, doesn't it? It costs something. It says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. I would say greater love has no one than this, than those who are forgiving their friends. Because how many know when you forgive, you are laying down your life? You can't forgive without absolutely surrender. Surrendering our whole heart. Just think Jesus surrendered it all. Like he died. It says, I'm trying to think of the one. Yeah, greater love, I read that, has no one than this, and you lay down those lives for your friends. And we think, I would die for you. I would just die for you because we're such good friends. I would die for you. And really, that's what it's going to take <laughs> to walk in this love and forgiveness. It's going to take death to ourself. We've really got to put ourselves to death and say, I choose to love. You are ugly to me, especially when ki- people mess with their kids, right? I mean, that's not like the, the unpartable sin in some cases, Like, you messed with my kids. (laughs) God is no longer here. (laughs) And we have to say, you know what? Um, I know you're being really mean to my children, and I don't appreciate that. And there's a right way to go around to, to talk about that next week. But the question is, is will I pursue you in love?
I don't know anyone, too many people here, especially of the leadership, who haven't had different attacks on our children. Can I say that? <laughs> like it seems like you're supposed to be the perfect kid. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> we can measure our level of forgiveness based on our conversations we have with others. Based on our sharing with others. Okay, our gossip. Okay, let's get that out. Sometimes we love to tell everybody how this person has offended us. And I have a right to be offended. I think if anyone had a right to be offended, it was Jesus. And he didn't take it to his little disciples. They are really hurting my feelings, guys. You know, he pursued us in love, and it cost him everything, and it was death. But how many know that you can't find life until you die? I remember one time there was an attack when my older two sons. No one in this church again, so erase all memories. Nobody in this church. But someone was saying some really bad things about my children at a very sensitive age. And it was about the death of me. And I, I mean, it was like... And every time I'd go up and I would see this person, I'd be like, I can't, I can't even deal with you. I remember coming into worship and just so heavy in my heart. Because, you know, when, when our kids are hurt, it hurts our hearts. Like the pain is real, isn't it? It's like, you can spit on me, but don't spit on my kids. And I said, okay, Jesus, here. I, my, I'm, I'm just giving it all to you. My reputation, I am laying that down. Everything that I, I want to be known as, whatever I want to receive, be perceived as, I'm laying that down. And I'm giving that all to you. And he took that in an instant. And I felt free. There was such a freedom in my heart. And I could go up to that person and I could love. Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. And I meant it. There is such a freedom when we finally die to that thing and say, but Jesus, I choose love. There is such a freedom there. In Colossians 3.12, starting with verse 12, Yay. It says, so as those of you have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. I'm going to pause there. Christians, right? You're chosen of God. You're beloved. You're holy and you're beloved. Sometimes the hardest person to love and forgive is ourselves. And sometimes we carry so much shame in our hearts that we don't know how to love ourselves and we don't know how to love others. We don't know how to forgive ourselves and we don't know how to forgive others. That shame can be a partial guilt. I've been doing this in secret, so I feel guilty. Therefore, I'm carrying that shame. 
And sometimes it can have nothing to do with guilt, but it can just be a, a super self-consciousness of how I feel someone is looking at me. Even if it's false. And there's a shame that we carry, you know, like a big, bad, ugly thing that's a marking on our face. I can't be looked. I'm not lovely. I'm not holy. I'm not beloved. And if you're carrying shame this morning, it's a good day to to let it go. Okay, it says, so as though those have been... Those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Put on a heart of kindness. Put on a heart of humility. Put on a heart of gentleness and patience. Those are foundational to put on. (laughs) Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. You know, those are two different things. Bearing with one another and forgiving with one another. Because that bearing with one another really means put up. Sometimes we have to, okay, you're really grating on my nerves right now, Leah, because of how you're chewing my gu- your gum. I'm just teasing. And so I, or whatever, I don't like how you pray, okay? I don't like, like I said, I can pick on Leah because, you know, we can do that. I don't like your personality. You laugh too much. You're too happy. You're too noisy in worship. You're not noisy enough in worship. And something sometimes about people just kind of go, uh, I don't know. And it says that we need to put up with those. Not that we necessarily have an offense against them, but we just need to, to, to bear with one another. Like, I got you, girl. I got you. No, I'm not a vegetarian, and you are, but it's okay. I got you. You see all these little things we can have against one another? You're not wearing the right colors today. I got you, though. So bearing with one another and forgiving one each other. Whoever I love. Okay, I'm not going to say I love this because then you anyways. Okay, it says whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And I think we get this twisted a lot. We think if we have a complaint against someone, it's our job to go tell the other person what our complaint is. And it's not. It's our job to forgive you. It's, he says, forgive, just as God forgave you, so forgive them. The only time it tells us to go to someone else is if you think they're upset with you. And even in that, it's a conscience thing. Like, you know, I really might have offended Stephen. I said something the, the other day, and my conscience is bothering me. And I'm going to go and get that worked out with Stephen. It doesn't say, Stephen, I think you're upset at me because of this. And, um, and let me tell you why. Because I'm really upset with how you whistle, you know. So when we have complaint, I'll say, man, if I did this and I offended you, brother, I'm so sorry. That was not my heart. And I'm not going to put any of his stuff. If anything else bugs me about Stephen, that's my, that's my, my, um, my mess. I've got to deal with. So, so if anyone, if you have a complaint against somebody, he says, forgive them just as God forgave you. 
beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. When we do this, church, and we're learning. I mean, we've, we've done some ways. We've, we've gone some yardage, right? Okay, but we're, we've got some more to go. It's like one preacher I heard, he, he's lost like almost 300 pounds, and he's preaching this message. And he was saying, he, after he lost the first 100, the Holy Spirit said, that is awesome. You lost 100 pounds. Now, come on, we got some more to go. And I thought, you know, that is so good. Because I feel like he's in our quarter saying, church, you're doing an awesome job in this area. You're moving together. You're doing things. You're getting to know one another. But come on, we've got a few more, more pounds to go. Let's go. Let, let's keep going. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. Oh, and it says be thankful. So put everything I said and be thankful. I love how it ended like that. So th- th- here's this, church, and be thankful. <laughs> Above all, be thankful. <laughs> I just think that's awesome. So, I would like the prayer ministry team to come up. And do we have worship music that's like on tape? Or a computer or whatever. So, I think this is a really big message. Understanding that love is foundational. It doesn't matter the gifts and talents that you have, it's the love that's behind them. That's the fruit. And some of you here do not know the love of the Father. You've never tasted it. You've never experienced it. Maybe it's just kind of robotic. You just go to church out of rituality. I'm in church. I love you, Lord. I lift my hands. And there's just like, there's nothing there. And you're like, I need to know the love of the Father. I need to know what love is. Those are the first people, you know, you guys can come up for for prayer. Number two, forgiveness. That's just a big booger. It just really is. It's hard. Man, forgiveness is hard. And we have to continually walk in in it day to day to day. It's just a daily pick up your cross. Daily forgive those around you. Daily pursue one another in love. And in order to do that, we have to be around people. We can't hide in our homes. We can't go hide at work and in the busyness of life. We've got to be involved with people. And we have to be involved with each other. It's easy to love and forgive people when there's no one around you. And that's not what he's called you to. And I understand there's hard things to to forgive. And you know, some people, that's just, forgiveness period is a hard word. And I just want to say, and I want to just tell you, these prayer ministers up here are safe people. Like they're not going to come to me and say, oh, Lisa, pray for so-and-so. They're safe people who walked in this and are walking in this. I just want to tell you. And if you need some prayer for that, just to help get through it, some, some wisdom, Anyone who needs wisdom, let them ask. And shame. Some of you are carrying around shame. Like, I don't deserve it. I'm not. I'm not good enough. 
You know all the bad things I've done? I, I don't deserve God's love. Well, let me remind you that he first loved you. You didn't first love him. He first loved you and gave his life for you. It's not about, any, it's not about what you, you deserving anything. He didn't even ask your permission. Do you want me to love? He didn't even ask. He's just doing it. He just loves you. And some of the shame, maybe some of you have some secret deeds you're carrying in the closet. And it's time to be free, y'all. It's just time to be free. Some of you always think, you know, I think, I think people are upset at me because I'm carrying this. I'm always scared that people are upset or offended at me. And it's like the potential shame. Like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm not saying that lightly because I used to live there a lot. Always thinking somebody had something against me. I was bad. I was wrong. I wasn't worthy. And it's time to get rid of that too. And let's pursue God in love. Amen? Let's stand, please. And if you just want prayer, even for healing, God heals your emotions. He heals you so you have the ability to love and forgive and walk free in shame. If you need prayer for anything, it's open. So, Father God, thank you. And I just ask right now, you just release. Everyone just raise your hands. Raise your hands and receive God's love. Ask for more. More, Father. I just ask for a downpour of your love this morning in Jesus' name. That you touch every heart in here. That you speak a word that only you, Holy Spirit, can do. And you minister love and peace and joy in Jesus' name. I just release that. We just ask for more and more and more. Thank you, Father. We just love you, God. We can love you because you first loved us, oh God. We give you our whole hearts. Whatever that looks like, we give it all to you, Father God. We throw down for you, God. We will waste all of our love on you because you deserve it all. And we give it all to you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.